You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Nick, how are you doing today? Doing great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. Time to record another podcast. And uh, interesting topic today, you know, uh, the American Rescue Plan passed Congress and was signed by the president uh, week before last. And there's some planning opportunities and some tax complications around that that we should talk about. All sorts of stuff going on with that. And, um, you know, you, it would seem like anytime Congress throws out a trillion dollars in stimulus, that it would be something of an exciting, unprecedented time. But, you know, we've seen a lot of it lately. So it's kind of a ho-hum, hey, what do we do now yeah. since this is the third round? But there's definitely some planning opportunities that we're going to go through today. And yeah, and yeah. Um, some things that you really have to pay attention to, especially yeah. if you're close on certain things. So. Yep. Yep. And some opportunities regarding 2020 and some opportunities regarding 2021 as well. So, so the, uh, the main item everybody's talking about is the uh, recovery rebate or stimulus check, as you hear it called, which was $1,400 per individual. Yeah. So that's the, um, the big one that I'm sure most people have heard about. It's the biggest part of the plan in general. And from my understanding, a lot of people, if they have direct deposits set up with the IRS, probably already have that yes. um, in their yep. accounts. So, yep. I had a couple of clients that uh, saw theirs in the middle of the week last week. So, um, yeah. So, if, if nothing else, we're getting good at uh, getting that money out to people <laughs> once it's approved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's $1,400 per individual. So if your household is uh, you and your spouse, that's $2,800. And then another $1,400 for each dependent. And that's different than uh, than the last round of stimulus because it's dependents rather than uh, children. So before it was based on whether or not your um, child uh, was eligible for the child tax credit. And now it's if they're your dependent. So if you are a... If you have an older high school, high school senior, or potentially a college student that's still a dependent of yours, um, that's kind of a big win for you because you're getting fourteen hundred for them now yep. this round. The flip side of all of that generosity is that the phase outs based on your adjusted gross income are uh, lower than they were with the last round. And so, if you're a single tax filer or filing, if you're married, filing singly. Uh, the whole thing phases out between $75,000 and $80,000. Yeah. And that's a big, you know, the big change is that's a big jump, right? Right. So before you had a, a little bit longer where you started getting less at 75, but I think it went up to what was 90 or a hundred or something like that. But now basically if you're between, if you're over 75, it starts phasing down. If you're at 80, you get nothing. Yeah. So that's yeah. A, a much bigger jump and you have to we, pay a lot more attention to where you fall in that this time around. We should add that uh, if you're filing head of household, that phase out is between 112.5 and 120,000. And if you're filing as uh, married filing jointly, it's 150,000 to 160,000. But yes, much steeper. It's more like a cliff than a phase out. It just brings in a lot more um, planning that has to be done, especially if you are close to that phase out range. And there's also different stages based on how they check and see when you're going to get that money. There's three checkpoints 
three three tests to see whether you uh, you qualify. And if you pass any one of these, you qualify, and there's no clawback. The IRS isn't going to come back and say, well, you qualified based on 2019 income, but not based on 2020 or 2021. And so the first thing that they're going to check is your most recent return on file. And for a lot of us, that's still 2019. But if you've already filed your 2020 taxes, they're going to look at that and see what your adjusted gross income was. And if you're below those thresholds, you're already qualified and you don't have to worry about it and you'll get your you'll get your payment. Yeah. So when you're thinking about this and you're thinking about your situation, you might have had a pretty decent year in 2019, but things could have gotten um, you could have you could have had lower income in 2020. And so you might find yourself in a situation where you wouldn't have qualified based on 2019, but you would qualify based on 2020. And if you have already filed your taxes, you probably are already getting that stimulus. But if you haven't, you won't get to that until you actually file your 2020 taxes, that second kind of checkpoint. There's actually a date by when you need to do that. I believe it's September, but we will for sure put it in the show notes. uh, The uh, date as it stands right now, it's uh, the way the law was written. It says 90 days after the tax filing deadline or September 1st, 2021. And I believe since they've kicked the uh, tax filing deadline back to May 17th, that will trigger. So essentially that second checkpoint based on 2020 income, the date you have to file by is uh, September 1st, 2020. Yeah. So if you are planning on filing an extension and you do qualify in 2020, you want to make sure you get it done by September because if you right. don't file by September, then they're going to base it on your 2021 tax return, even if you qualified in 2020. So if you if you qualified based on 2019 or 2020 taxes and you've already filed, you're all set. If you would qualify based on 2020's income, but not 2019, make sure you f- you file by 20, I'm sorry, by September 1st, 2021. And then the third checkpoint is your 2021 income. So if you didn't qualify based on 2019 or 2020, but have lower income for 2021 and you hit those thresholds, you would then get the rebate amount applied to your 2021 taxes. Lots of little kind of details in there that you make sure that you're um, getting with your tax professional, your financial professional on if you're close and you think you Mm -hmm. might be able to qualify. Um, Especially, you know, if you've got a family of five and that's $1,400 per person, you're looking at $7,000 potentially. So that in, in that basically goes from a 7,000 at 150 to zero at 160 for a family. Right. So that's, that's a, that's a pretty high tax rate on those additional dollars if you're going over those thresholds. And so, you know, there may not be much you can do about 2020 income at this point. Uh, you could still make a uh, tax deductible IRA contribution if you're qualified, that would lower your income a little bit. If you're self-employed, you may be able to contribute to a SEP IRA or do something along those lines to get your income down a bit. 2019 is obviously in the books and 2020 is pretty close to in the books. Not a lot you can do there, but for 2021, there is all kinds of opportunity to make sure your income is is low enough if you're close. 
Yeah. And that, and that can definitely make a big difference. So if you're on that kind of cliff of, you know, 75 for single or 150 for married filing jointly, definitely want to, the sooner you realize kind of where you're at and where you're going to be in the year, the sooner you can start making those adjustments so right. that you um, can qualify. We'll come back and talk about some of the planning opportunities here for 2021 at the end, but uh, we should also talk about the, uh, child tax credit enhancements that go with all of this. Yeah. So that's the, um, another big piece of this is if you have a child, the child tax credit has increased from 2000 and remember, was it two years ago that it was 1000. And then last year we got a bump up to 2000 with the tax plan that was put into place. And so now for this year only for 2021 tax year only, it has gone to 3000 for a child that is 7 to 17 or if you have a child under 6 it is $3600 per child one note on that age 17 is it used to be that you had to be 17 by the end of the year and now it is 18 so if you happen to have a child that's turning 17 this year you will still get to file the child tax credit for your 17 year old And that is another change in the child tax credit. And much like the stimulus, there is also phase outs, although they're a little bit more generous. The phase outs start at the same amount. So single Mm -hmm. 75 had a household 112, married filing jointly 150. Mm -hmm. And then for each thousand dollars that you exceed that, it's $50 less of a credit that you get. Now that applies only to the extra $1,000 or $1,600 tax credit. It does not apply to the standard child tax credit of $2,000. Those phase-outs remain unchanged. And I believe married filing jointly is somewhere around $400,000. So much higher for the normal child tax credit. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty pretty interesting. Another interesting aspect of these uh, child tax credit increases is that they're going to make an advance payment on those starting this summer. And uh, that's a little unusual for the uh, tax code. So basically, they're going to take six months or half of that credit and start paying it out to you in a direct deposit, I suppose, if you have it set up or check if you don't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So the one thing about the advance payment, though, that you have to be careful about is it is subject to a clawback, unlike the stimulus. So if you find yourself over that one you know, 50, you might be ending up, you might end up paying some of that back depending on where you fall tax season wise, because um, there is clawback on that payment. Right. Right. And uh, so that's going to be one thing to watch. Um, So there were also some interesting changes and enhancements to unemployment. Um, They extended the, uh, the uh, extra unemployment benefits through, I believe, September. Yes. Yeah, through September. And then um, a new provision for uh, unemployment you may have received during 2020 is that the first $10,200 that you received is tax-free. Yeah, so that's another interesting one if you haven't filed or if you have or if you haven't filed your taxes. So if you got unemployment last year and you filed your taxes, Chances are, if you did your taxes, right, you already paid the taxes on that unemployment. 
Um, so you might actually have to file an amendment to change those so that you're not paying taxes on that unemployment. Right. And that is $10,200 per person. So if you're married filing jointly and you both got unemployment, it's actually 20,400 in unemployment tax or an unemployment income that you won't pay taxes on. Now those same phase outs um, for that, or excuse me, the phase out is 150 for every regardless regardless of your filing status. Um, And that's a hard cliff. So if you're at 150.01, none of that is, is, um, is tax free. If you're at 149.999. Yeah. All of the uh, twenty thousand is tax free, and unfortunately, they're including your unemployment compensation in that one fifty cliff. When I when I first read that, I thought, "Oh, that's a mistake. They just forgot to add the head of household and the single." And right. no, that's what it was. Now I'm imagining like like the, the poor clerks that were writing this bill, or you know the 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 uh, the interns and. In, in congressional offices who were putting all this stuff just got tired and just said, ah, just right. make it all 150. <laughs> you know, right. we've, we've been at this for three days. Let's just, let's just make it 150. It's just easier. Oh, there you go. Uh, so anyway. Um, so yeah, another one of those planning things, if you're at that 150 level or close to it and you got unemployment last year, if there's anything you can yeah. do to get under a 150, it could make a huge impact. Yeah. Um, on, you know, paying taxes on at that level, at that income range on $10,000. It's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah. What about uh, COBRA subsidies? There were some changes around that too. Yeah. So this is is, is very interesting. Um, if you're on COBRA from your, again, COBRA is your um, insurance. If So if you leave your employer and you have health insurance for them, they are required to offer COBRA for 18 months, I want to say. Yeah, 18 months is the usual limit. Yep. And so if you're taking advantage of that, what you'll notice is usually you're paying for all of that and it's much more, it's it's a higher premium than what you were probably play, paying your original plan, um, but they have to provide it for you. And what's happened is starting April 1st, the government is essentially paying your COBRA premiums through, is it September? Yes. Through September. Yes. So, and at, Technically, your employer is going to pay those and they're going to get refunded and credits, but reimbursed. So either way, if you're on COBRA and you're paying that right now, you will no longer have to make those payments. They will be paid for you. So that's a bit of good news for people that are unemployed, um, still have health insurance and not have to pay for it until they can find something more permanent. Yeah. Yeah. With the idea that there's a lot of people that may be changing jobs and bouncing around through uh, no fault of their own during the uh, recovery from the pandemic. Uh, There was also, you know, a lot of people have been waiting to see what the new administration is going to do around student loan debt. And there was a little thing in this bill regarding student loans. Any student debt that gets forgiven between 2021 and 2025 will be income tax free. And that's interesting because that that's all, you know, so they didn't change any of, of the forgiveness itself. Those are still based on the same old programs, uh, which, you know, that's a whole, you know, probably three hour podcast talk to try to cover all the different ways of student loan forgiveness that's out there. 
But uh, it, it, mm. traditionally, that's been taxed as income when it's been forgiven. So it's kind of a mixed blessing. And they're going to waive that income tax for the next couple of years. Yeah, a little bit of a break on student loans. Probably not what most people were thinking of. You know, the Biden administration's thrown out the $10,000 of forgiveness. And I know there's some Democratic um, parties that want that number to be higher. So nothing on mm-hmm. that yet yet to be seen if they get something along those lines done, but a little bit of relief. If you are, ha- if you have student loan, that's going to be forgiven the 2021 through 2025, that forgiveness will be tax-free now. Right. Right. So then there's a couple notable things other than student loan forgiveness that were not in this bill. There was no relief from required minimum distributions for 2021. And if you recall in 2020, if you had required minimums from IRA accounts, those were waived. And it makes sense that that wasn't waived for 2021 because the big logic behind not requiring those last year is at the time they made that decision, the markets were under extreme duress and they were going to force people to sell uh, investments at times when they probably didn't want to in order to take that income. And we saw a good recovery in the market. So not the same logic this year. Yeah, absolutely. So those were a couple of the things that um, we thought might be in this bill that were not, um, that are still kind of on the table at some point, but certainly not part of this um, American Recovery Act or the, the rescue plan, I'm sorry. And the other, the one other thing that we didn't mention, Dave, that is kind of important as well, especially if you have children, is the child and dependent care tax credit has been enhanced. Yes. Um, quite significantly, actually, I think, um, from where it was before. And one of the big things out of this that we've been hearing is the need for um, access to child care and, you know, g- getting the workforce back. I know um, women in, have been hit particularly hard with child care duties and yes. on top of work duties and kind of juggling that. And so this, I think, addresses some of that, at least for the near future with enhanced child tax credit enhancements. And so if you are taking advantage of child tax credit, t- child dependent care tax credits, make sure you look at that because a lot of people will, what they would use the um, flexible spending accounts on that. And so now Mm -hmm. there's some debate as to whether or not you'd be better with the new enhanced child tax credit or the um, flexible spending account. So if that's something that you are currently doing, then definitely take a look at those and, and plan around how to best utilize those because those again can't be used together. And so sometimes it makes more sense to do one over the other. So certainly something to look into if you are participating in a plan like that. Yeah, I'm glad you glad you circled us back to that. I almost missed it. Then uh, there was also talk around a cost of living adjustment to retirement plan contributions that was not included in this uh, this bill may still happen at some point. And there was also a lot of debate and held the bill up for a little bit around an increase to minimum wage. Yeah, so those both weren't in there. Um, That doesn't mean that it won't happen. It just means that it's not a part of of this plan. So we'll wait to see what else happens and what other legislation comes out of this new administration. So, um, but for now, no um, cost of living adjustments or minimum wage hikes. Uh, Some planning points. Again, if you're near those thresholds for 2020's income, 
you may want to talk to your tax advisor, your financial planner, and see if you can make a deductible IRA contribution for last year still, or a contribution to a self-employed retirement plan, do something to get your income below those thresholds for 2020. If you're on the bubble for 2021, there's a lot more that you can still do at this point. If you're close, just to give you an example, this is kind of an extreme example, but let's just go out and say that you're making, you're married filing jointly, you've got three kids. And so, and you're making, you know, you plan in 2021 to make 160,000, right? Mm -hmm. So a little over the, the threshold for the phase out. Well, if you were to, if you didn't qualify for the stimulus based on 2020, that's $7,000 of stimulus money plus an extra $3,000, $1,000 for each kid. We're going to assume they're over seven. So that's $10,000 that you would be earning, essentially, you would be getting mm-hmm. in order to reduce by reducing your income from 160 to 150. Right. So there's a couple of different ways to accomplish that in 2021. One would be to make uh, deductible IRA contributions or to make 401k contributions right. of an excess right. of 10,000 to get yourself to below that 150. So if you think of it that way, you put $10,000 in your 401k and then the yeah. government turns around and gives you a $10,000 check at, at tax. You still have the $10,000 <laughs> in your 401k and you'll be thankful right. for it, you know, 20 years later in retirement. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a, it's a winning situation. <laughs> And if you are, if you, and so another way to think about it as well is to really start to get creative and think outside the box. Um, let's say that you're on track for retirement because again, we're financial planners. So we're not going to tell you to not contribute to your 401k unless you're on mm-hmm. track, but let's say you are, let's say you're feeling good about retirement. What if you went to your employer and just said, Hey, I'm thinking about, I want to take the, the last six weeks of the year off. I don't want mm-hmm. you to pay me. I want to not take that income or maybe even defer some of that income. So you take six <laughs> weeks off, you end up getting $12,000, $13,000 less based on your 160 AGI. And then the IRS gives you a check for $10,000 next year because you took six weeks six weeks of work off. <laughs> so another way to creatively think outside the box in terms I'm of... Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, how that'll work for stimulating the economy, but, uh, you know... We won't, we won't ask Congress to answer that question for us. Some uh, less creative, more conventional things to think about. If you're splitting your, say you're making a pretty healthy uh, 401k contribution, but you're putting some of that into a Roth IRA instead of traditional IRA. You know, in a lot of situations, we like that Roth contribution, but if sw- Roth contributions don't lower your adjusted gross income. So if you swap that and maybe make that a tax deferred a traditional contribution for this year, that may get you underneath the uh, limits too. So if you're anywhere close to those limits, the bottom line is if you're anywhere close to those limits, you really want to look at what you might want to do to reduce your income for 2021. Yeah, it's just such a huge cliff and such a short window that if you're close and you can get under, chances are you're going to be in the same position income-wise or even better off by reducing some income for 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and things like, uh, like a lot of the time we talk to clients about Roth conversions later in the year and taking, uh, capital gains on investments this year, as opposed to deferring them and seeing what makes the most sense. And we do a, we do a tax projection for that for the year. Well, our, our programmers that uh, handle that, 
that software for us. I guess they were scrambling around the last 10 days. They were pretty excited this morning to announce that they had all of that, all these new rules baked into the software. And I'll bet that that's probably the case with, uh, with uh, the software that most CPAs and accountants are using too. So, you know, this, this can all be built into those assumptions when we go forward this year. And you've got eight months yet to, to control your income for 2021. Yeah. So definitely be proactive about it. Cause if you're going to change your income, let's say you want to put an extra 10,000 in your 401k, it's easier to do it one month at a time than it right. is to and come to, to December it, and yeah. try to make, you know, a hundred percent of your compensation into a contribution. <laughs> Um, isn't as easy as doing a thousand dollars a month. So think right. about think about ways to make those changes now, so you can spread it out over time. Because you're not going to, you know, if you're thinking about being able to qualify for the stimulus plus the child tax extra child tax credit, that's you're not going to get that money until you file your taxes. Um, right. So you know that's for most people February, March, April ish. So it's going to take some time to get that money back. So just be prepared for that. If you're thinking right. about making right. some extra contributions this year. Right. Think, think big picture, but there's, there's some pretty significant tax dollars at stake here. So it's at least worth having that conversation with your planner, your tax advisor, um, your boss, if you're going to ask for a month or two off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, so yeah. and well, and, and the other thing too, if you have year-end bonuses, a lot of times, sometimes you can get them yeah. pushed into a different Push year. Push it into as well. the next so year. Yeah, you don't necessarily yeah. have to take six weeks off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get emails now from bosses. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why is my employee right. telling me they're gonna take six weeks <laughs> off? <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I guess the the last thing to mention here is that this all is temporary mm-hmm. for right now. I guess that's the definition of temporary. Um, but, you know, there is some talk of uh, these items that uh, are are tax related being, um, you know, things that the uh, current administration and uh, the Democrats in Congress would like to see made more permanent. So, you know, stay tuned. We'll see what what comes. But for now, it's uh, 2020 and 2021. Yeah, this is definitely not the last we've heard of some of this stuff. Um, and, and I would just say it's it like it's just more important than ever, especially if you're close to these numbers to be doing tax planning, whether that, you know, so oftentimes we get stuck into this. We don't think about taxes until we're doing taxes. And the reality right. is that's why a lot of people are sitting and this is a unique situation because we didn't know about these changes until now. So it's hard to change last year, but right. this year we know about them. So you should be doing tax planning with your tax preparer, with your financial planner. You should be looking at where you're going to fall this year and making those adjustments now, because once it comes to this time next year, you have much, you have limited options yeah. when it comes to what you're able to do um, than you do right now. So just think about that, be proactive. And, and definitely if you have questions about it or your specific situation, feel free to reach out. Um, All right. To chat with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always a scramble when they change the tax code, but uh, I guess, uh, I guess we chalk that up to job security, right? That's right. That's, that's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> All to right. Comb through well, stuff like uh, this. <laughs> Thanks, Nick, and uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Always a pleasure, Dave. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. 
You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.